Welcome to Liver Talk, a podcast series that shares personal and professional stories about hepatitis as well as liver related news. Before we begin this episode, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land wherever you are listening to this podcast. We pay our respect to the elders past, present and emerging and to any Indigenous people who are listening to this podcast. In this episode, my colleague Nathan and I will be talking to our guest Suzanne Powell from Ballarat Community Health about what impact quarantine, lockdown and the border changes we are seeing at the moment are having on drinking habits and alcohol consumption. It's a complex topic and one that has gained a lot of media attention lately. We've seen increased drinking and alcohol in lockdown be joked about, be translated into memes on the internet and be the focus of alcohol advertising, where alcohol is arguably falsely promoted as a solution to boredom and stress during these times. There is an argument to say that there's been less drinking outside of the home, people aren't going to pubs and bars, and there are some studies which show reduced levels of drinking, especially among people who have increased caring responsibilities at home due to restrictions and lockdown. However, the reality is that most research surveys and studies have shown a marked increase in spending on and consumption of alcohol, which raises considerable concerns about risk to people's physical and mental health. Our guest, Suzanne, is the manager of the Alcohol and Other Drug Service at Ballarat Community Health. She's worked there for 12 years in a range of roles, including youth outreach and day rehabilitation programs, and has a special interest in community harm minimisation around the risk of alcohol and drug use. We began by talking to Suzanne about the drinking culture in Ballarat and how she feels this has changed recently. The drinking culture in Ballarat is probably not that much different to the national drinking culture. So it appears that the drinking alcohol is is quite entrenched in our national culture. Um, And it seems to be part of most of what we do. So whether that's celebrating um, any occasions or whether it's commiserating, it might be, you know, the loss of a, a football match on the weekend. But we seem to drink to celebrate and we drink to commiserate. And I guess we also probably use alcohol as a bit of a reward. So quite often we hear people say that, you know, like it's a, it's a reward for getting through busy week at work or a busy day, you know, at home looking after the kids. I wonder just given everything that's going on at the moment with COVID-19 and people being in you know, isolation and quarantine, Have you seen much change at the moment? Do you think people have been drinking more or less? I would say that we have more people who are presenting that may have noticed their intake increasing over this period of time. Or it may be that others or those close to them have noticed that uh, their level of drinking or that their, their drinking has increased. Because I guess people are spending more time together they may notice patterns that otherwise might have gone unnoticed. I suppose the presentation has increased in that way. There's a sort of anecdotal evidence, I guess, that, that there has been an increase. So there's been reports in the media around, you know, statistics and um, people, you know, we've all seen those images of people with trolley loads of, of alcohol in, in liquor outlets. And I guess there could be arguments around that people are just stocking up, there's less people, you know, we can't go out and socialise, so more people are drinking at home. So it is anecdotal. But then I guess some of our presentations would suggest that intake has increased and that's because they're home 
but it might be that you know people would normally have a glass of wine with dinner that might be that people are starting to you know may, may have a glass of wine earlier in the day there's the inability i suppose to go out and socialize um, and to do other meaningful activities so we're quite sort of stuck and, and isolated so that may contribute to an increase um, the other things I've thought about, I guess, are, are less responsibility. So people have a limited travel. We can't go out and, and people may not be driving. The other thing is that, that people are not having to present at work. For some people, they may not drink as much during the work week because they actually have to go to work the next day and they don't want to be turning up to work hungover or unwell. But if people are working from home, it might mean that they might have that extra glass of wine or what beer or whatever it is so they can hide the fact that they're, they're unwell, essentially. But of course, we have to factor in stress that people may be feeling and, and people's mental health. There is a belief that drinking alcohol relieves stress because it does appear to make us feel better in the short term. And so for some people, it seems like an easy fix. There's, there's a whole range, I guess, of, of different factors that might be taking a role in, in people's increased intake. Yeah, there definitely sounds like so many different factors. And I think it's really interesting how quickly that's become really normalised. And it has been in the media and people are sort of joking about it. And it's just sort of part of the conversation around everything that's going on. And I think for a lot of people, they sort of feel like it may be something that's just short term and not problematic. But what are the concerns with it? Are there consequences? What sort of things may be a downside to that? Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess, you know, there are, there are so many <laughs> in relation to, to alcohol, not only on our mental health, but also our physical health as well. People are quite aware of, you know, cirrhosis of the liver. That seems to be something that people are quite aware of as far as a health risk goes. But there are so many more um, impacts on people's physical health. And that can be, you know, anything from, you know, having trouble concentrating to a loss of coordination. And these are probably the short-term impacts. But loss of your judgment, mood swings, raised blood pressure, things like that. But then long-term, we can look at diminished grey matter and white matter in the brain. And long-term drinking can result in acquired brain injury. And I'm not sure that many people are aware of that. Longer term, of course, hepatitis and, and that cirrhosis of the liver, but also has a major impact on people's cardiomyopathy. So people can end up you know, with long, longer term heart disease and, and, and it can be a contributor to stroke as well, but also um, a range of cancers. It is linked to depression, major depression, um, and some anxiety disorders as well. It can lead to alcohol-induced psychosis for some people. So it does have, you know, major impacts on, on both our physical and our mental health, which is really concerning. But it is remarkable how normalised drinking culture is in Australia with all of those concerns attached. How do people know when their drinking has gone from being safe to being a problem? What kind of signs should they be looking out for? For some people, it, it does sneak up. So you don't realise that you are developing a dependence. In my experience, I've not met anybody that has said to me, 
that they set out to become dependent on alcohol or any other drug. That just doesn't happen. So it does happen over a period of time. And because our tolerance builds, we are not often aware that we are developing a dependence until it does start to impact on either our physical or our mental health. And in turn, I guess our lifestyle and our behaviours. And in my experience, I guess it doesn't just impact on one aspect of people's lives. The government have released guidelines for low risk drinking and they recommend that in order to reduce the harms, we shouldn't drink any more than 10 standard drinks over a week or four standard drinks on any one occasion. So I guess it's, you know, ideally it would be good for people to keep that in mind. One of the tools that we use, I guess, with people who come to see us is a diary. So it could be as simple as, as keeping a diary for a week. And it's important to note, you know, when, when you're having a drink, like what time of the day it is, the amount that you're drinking, who you're drinking with, mm -hmm. uh, how you're feeling when you're drinking and, and how much it costs you. So those are the things that it is good to note because then you can have a look. You start to sort of identify patterns. When people see in black and white how much they're spending on alcohol over a week, that can often be um, quite confronting as well. Also, I suppose just delaying. So if, if you're finding that you're, you're drinking earlier in the day because of your circumstances, then maybe start to, to delay that again. Also look at other ways to reduce your stress levels and, and to reward yourself so that you're not automatically re, you know, resorting to, to having a drink. So finding other things um, that, that might give you some pleasure or give you that same feeling that a drink might give you to, to reduce those stress levels as well. That's all really good advice, Suzanne. And that's really helpful self-management tools for people and methods to assist in regulating a person's drinking. If someone feels like their drinking's just feeling out of their control or they feel like they need a bit of help, what, what kind of services or supports are available for them? So I guess at, at Ballarat Community Health, we have a number of, of different programs that support people. And I guess across the state, there are funded agencies that would offer things like withdrawal or detox programs, counselling programs as well. We offer some outreach programs and we also have a therapeutic day rehabilitation program. But I guess the important thing for people to know is that what we aim to do is to support people in making informed decisions about their alcohol or other drug use and how they're going to manage that themselves. We aim to provide a really safe and non-judgmental space for people to engage or Put their hand up for help it's a it's a really hard thing to do sometimes so um, I would just encourage people if you are concerned about um, your alcohol intake or, or any other drug intake to, to make an approach to one of the treatment agencies because we're here to support people we're not here to to judge people people are more than welcome to to call us directly there is a central intake organisation as well that varies in different catchments across the state. There is direct line as well. So direct line will have information as to where the, the central intake services are. So that's probably, you know, a good place for people to start. 
And they also offer 24-hour online and phone counselling service as well. So probably um, a good place to start. You were just listening to an interview with Suzanne Powell from Ballarat Community Health. You can call them on 03 5338 4500 to access their services. Or for the Victorian catchment, you can ring direct line on 1800 888 to find your central intake services and to access counselling. If you have a liver condition, please take the survey attached in the show notes. This survey is exploring how people's access to services has been impacted by the COVID pandemic. And as always, if you have any questions about hepatitis or liver disease, you can call the Hepatitis Victoria Infoline on 1-800-703-003. Thanks for listening. Liver Talk is produced by Hepatitis Victoria, Liverwell, a community organisation in Nam, Melbourne, Australia, that supports people affected by or at risk of liver disease.